So welcome to this week's edition of the Retail Risk Podcast, sponsored by Alltag. And thanks as always to our supporting partners, 3X Logic, Aura, Lodge and Intrepid. Now, my guest this week is a favourite of the show. It's Scott Taylor. Scott is the Managing Director of Presidium Risk and Resilience, a security, safety and risk expert. Is this possible? 29 years global experience. How could that be? Uh, providing peace of mind and protecting assets for a huge diverse client base, a few of which we might get to understand. Spent the last 36 months studying with the best body language, facial micro expression, deception detection, elicitation and combined communication specialists. Now, that sounds all very in-depth and we'll come on to that a little bit in a moment. Wide range of backgrounds with senior FBI, CI and DOD roles and we'll be sharing unique information related to those physical traits. So be terrified about having dinner with Scott, otherwise he will be analysing you. But Scott, always a pleasure. Welcome. Thanks very much, Paul. Always great to be speaking with you. Yeah, I, uh, I, I might have said this to you before, but uh, before I come on and, uh, and speak to anybody, I always like to Google them. Uh, and your list of expertise and interest and what you've been up to just gets more and more. I think Google is uh, is putting ever increasing number of pages next to Scott Taylor. So for those that don't know you, give me an overview of you and your career to date. So sort of just run us through what you've been up to before this point. Sure. Uh, so yeah, just under 30 years, security, safety and risk mitigation. Uh, it started on the floor doing you know, basic security work and, and guarding and, and retail loss prevention. And then I think I've just continued there. Everything I've done from my personal and professional life has been about keeping people safe and well. It went through to being operational um, management and senior leadership with a range of organizations and then opened up my own organization, Presidium Risk and Resilience. So now I'm working with a diverse group of clients around the globe, uh, helping between open source intelligence training behavior profile and analysis, risk mitigation, conflict de-escalation and a range of, range of items. So no two weeks are the same. <laughs> so, so just try and drill that down a little bit. So uh, give, me a, give me a typical day. What does your day-to-day look like right now? I mean, you know, we, we, we spoke to, I spoke to uh, an amazing guy called Jasper Frost recently who was saying great things about you. Um, just about everybody I meet that knows you says great things about you. But Scott sits down in the morning or knowing the time you answer your emails at some ridiculous hour of the day. What does your day to day look like? Uh, well, yeah, early start. So 4.45 most days I'm trying to get in about 90 minutes professional and personal development every day just to get started and get the brain running. But my day is a mix. I've got some of the clients we do some open source intelligence work for. So before they're either recruiting people or if they had some threats, we'll assess the digital footprint, check if there's any items in there that could be used maliciously against them or the organization. Um, doing some work in and around target hardening and enhancing security posture through that combined space. So some clients that we liaise with and, and we'll be spending some time on just the physical elements and tying in Scott speak, I suppose, the hardware, software and wetware and how we protect all the people, property information and reputation. And so that's a bit diverse in there. And then now, as you would have spoken to Jasper, a lot of work in and around the combined communications and profiling and understanding people more deeply, because I think the more that we can do that, it directly ties in great customer service and enhanced security. And if we can do that in best position, the people, the frontline people to pick up signs of bad intent, it's gonna help from increased service, but also 
decreased chance of, of incident from violence and aggression, and also like they're helping pick up theft early. So that's where I'm spending a lot of my time now. So I'm interested. So if we expand on this a little bit more, so here I am. So I'm a risk director for a large retailer, and you spoke about mitigation. I know before we came on air, behavior profiling, picking up people with bad intent. Is that not a little bit of overkill for a retail organization or do I do I need to know that? Why do I need to know that? What, what's going on that makes that important? I mean, that's a great question. I, I think it's very important for multiple reasons. I mean, if you think a couple of the different pathways here, you've got, firstly, we talk about uh, increased violence and aggression that's happening in and around the, the, the retail space. If the people, if our frontline people, our staff have training on being able to pick up the true intent of people when they're communicating some early pre-incident indicators or indicators of stress, frustration and aggression, they can best position themselves to deal with that and also internally to be able to help work through the best resolution to keep them safe and well. From the theft point of view, noting things like, for example, the average people who are going with bad intent from a theft point of view will move their arms 15 to 20% less than the average person will help you pick up nice and early who those people are that may be on your sites that have bad intent, whether it's anti-social crime, terrorism, theft, or a range of items. So I think understanding people more deeply and tying it to the core principle that people with good intentions want to be noticed, people with bad intentions don't. If we have an awareness of that, we're going to get much better outcomes from a profit protection point of view and from a, from a service point of view as well. And, 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 you know, listening to that, and, and I'm first, I'm going to, you know, take on uh, a whole new uh, level of, uh, of, of of observance, if that's the right word, uh, wandering around looking at that. But is this something, you know, can you, can you train your whole team on this? Or is this really something that's, that's technically quite advanced, and it has to be a few key personnel or security costs? You know, how far and wide can this be sort of, you know, taught within an organisation? Yeah, I mean, very far and wide. For doing the initial training and the training that I've gone through to be able to give some some feedback support and training in this has taken a lot of time. I mean, with one of the programs that I did, there was 22 units just on the feet, <laughs> let alone the face and other parts. The thing is, it's challenging some of the thinking as to what people think. And so normally if we're looking for, for good intent and true intent with people, we look at the face. It's a natural thing that we do. And it's changing some of that thinking. We've had social contracts with our face, with our faces since we were kids, saying, hey, you like that meal or is that a wonderful present where it's terrible? So we've taught and been taught to lie with our faces. So once we start giving people some tips and tricks to understand things like the feet being the most honest part of the body and other elements as well, it's like a whole new set of senses comes in. And so, yeah, it's definitely items that, you know, we've got some two and three hour sessions and I've got a one day masterclass even where we run through statement and word analysis, our facial micro expressions, body language. When you really start drilling down on that, even from an investigation point of view, understanding why people select the words they do and the ordering of the words just gives you so much deep insight to people regardless of their intent. So it can definitely be, be, be trained across with the teams and I think there's really great impact in doing so. So just on a, on a lighter note, does this mean that you your number of invites to dinner is diminishing greatly because everybody's aware <laughs> that you're, you're sitting there and you can analyse their, uh, their their feet, their hand movements and their word choices? Funnily enough, it's actually increased with these, with these sort of things because people say, all right, tell me about me. Tell me what you see about me. And 
so the other part we're out of left field some of the things that i get is i get organizations coming saying we want to expand our business we want to deal with this particular client or organization can you tell me about them so i give them behavioral elements from open source intelligence now that may be the words that that person associates with good experiences the way that they gesture their head tilt elements and that as well there's a lot of things you can get from online but obviously the focus here is what we can pass on to our retailers and what they can see face to face because when people have bad intent there's physiological changes they leak emotion and they're the things that we can pick up and that's why i think it's important to focus on and i'm loving some of the terminology because already i can feel it asking the questions you know uh you know, you know leaking intent if you like and uh, the feet the most yeah. honest part of the body i'm thinking okay because these are yeah we're not taught these these are complete left field if you like but uh, i guess once you're have them highlighted and you start to look in. so can we literally think that this can be from an induction point of view so when we're bringing staff in or does this this come in before that is this a part of the recruitment process to make sure you get people with good intent into the business and then when i'm training them i've got the same same in can i go that far and wide with my huge retail organization it um it's as if you've been reading part of my screen. So some of the training that I've been doing over the last couple of weeks, I've been working with recruitment firms and that as well on helping try and glean the true intent of people that we're, we're hiring because you've now got chat GPT doing resumes and like you know, and cover letters for things as well. So how can we tell the true intent and ethics and values of the people we're hiring for our organization? So this is exactly the sort of thing that we run through with the HR departments as well. Because the other part is we haven't touched on statement and word analysis in that face-to-face -face element. There's so many things that people do and drop with just the words that they use and the ordering of words coupled with the facial micro expressions. The way we use the word just, which is minimizing terms. We use the word actually anytime we're comparing two thoughts. Did you like that dinner? Actually, I really liked it. That could mean you, but you didn't, but you don't want to offend them. Uh, so those are the things as well, that's especially in the recruiting phase. So these things that our leaders, our HR teams and as well should have these skills because at the crux, whatever we do, it's all about understanding and connecting with people better, whether it's recruiting around people, ensuring that value alignment or for true customer service as well. Yeah, it's interesting you mentioned that sort of, uh, you know, using those uh, yeah. AI to produce covering letters reminds me there was a, a, an organized crime gang in central London that uh, their strategy uh, was to uh, was to place uh, bad apples into retail organizations with the sole purpose of defrauding them. But what they did was that they ran people with two CVs. So I would work 20 hours a week for retailer A and I would be the model employee uh, and I would be perfect. And therefore, if I ever ask you to write me a reference saying I wanted to take on a second job, you would give me a glowing reference. And I would. But in my other 20 hours a week, I would be out to defraud you at every opportunity. But knowing that most retailers are just happy to have those bad apples leave opposed yeah. to prosecute, I'd push it, push it, push it until the, the moment I thought that you're about to call the police or you knew what I was up to. And yeah. then I would leave and I would apply to retailer C using my perfect resume. And so these organized crime gangs, and they were very smart because you had to be disciplined about not defrauding on your perfect CV, even if you thought you could get away with it. And they went up and down 
Oxford Street and Regent Street in central London for an unknown amount of time with vast uh, success because everybody was just glad to see the back of them. Nobody collated all of the, the data uh, and they were getting ongoing glowing, uh, you know, references. But I guess if I was trained to look out for some of these nuances in their body language, I might think, OK, something's not quite right here. But because it, it was just going on CVs, they were very successful for a long period of time. So, yeah, they 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 and and if that's going on, if that's been found out in that particular part of central London, I guarantee that is going on the world over because the the good and the the bad guys and girls they share this kind of success and go this is the playbook go and do it and the combination for with those and i don't mean to make you uncomfortable but even things like that as well you can see that that's of interest because as you talked about that you had more of a head tilt which opened up this part of a power zone for vulnerability and interest your blink rate changed the average blink rate for a human is 12 to 14 blinks per minute but if it's something we're interested in or attracted to <laughs> your blink yeah. rates change, but under stress, but under stress and duress, your blink rate goes up. So when we started talking about that as well, your blink rate changed and decreased for things as well. You had a lean in with a slight head tilt. So I knew straight away that's something of interest to you and probably something because there's a bit of a novelty factor as well. So if I'm trying to build rapport, open communication, it's picking up these sort of things. And that's just from what I'm seeing here on screen. I'm not seeing ventral denial or accessibility, distal flexion with your thumbs, all these other things. When we look at and truly communicate and be other people centric in our interactions, you can pick up so much. And we can teach this even from CCTV, from control rooms, for some of the things to look for, just why I think this is so valuable. Unbelievable. Yeah, it's, uh, I mean, I could just, I mean, within retail, I mean, I mean, any organization, the, the, the vast array of scenarios where this is going to be beneficial is huge. And, and, and you know, I, I get why organizations now, you know, find this a, a core part of what, what they're doing. But I have to, you know, what do you think? And maybe it's not just retail, all landscapes, but has something changed in the retail landscape that brings this into the playbook? Or has it always been there, but we're only just being aware of it because when I started in retail every head of security was an ex-cop that was brought in and that was kind of considered yep yeah, tick good to go you know we'll uh, we'll catch a few bad apples and, and and job done but has there always been a need or has, has the landscape changed that that means we need to need to look at this great question I, I I believe there's always been a need and I think what happens is uh sadly those with bad intent sometimes have a more aggressive continuous professional development curve <laughs> than <the laughs> and security they'll look to diversify and change i mean you look at during COVID and other parts you know we had just disbursement of crime and like yeah, looking just different pathways and attack vectors and avenues and so what i believe is now with people coming back in the spike in violence and aggression and other parts now i also believe that coupled with the australian market probably finding out more about the accessibility for some of the training and some of this content they're now starting to understand some of the impact we can have at that granular level if we pass on these skills to everybody. And like I said, that combination piece about the statement and word analysis, as well as you know, the, body, the body language as well and facial micro expressions just can tell us so much. So if our people are best placed with that, 
then even how we connect as well from that smile and greet, it's making people, everyone that comes into our retail area feel validated for that split second. You've got my complete attention. And the way we do that and the way we enhance that from communication is just very, very powerful. So I think, yeah, from every level, service, profit, protection, it's a, it's a, it's a great path forward. For every type of business, the power of a data-driven security video management system designed to give you total control anywhere, anytime. 3X Logic. I, yeah, I mean, I, you just sort of sit there and you look at the personal shopper experience. The, I mean, this has got this has got bottom line benefits across the organization, hasn't it? I mean, this 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 is about better customer service, reducing loss, maximizing sales. Uh, I mean, you know, it looks like you know it's, it's the the cornerstone for for growth. Maybe, maybe uh, you know. But, you know, maximizing that return on stores and investment, everything, you know, give Scott a call first of all, and, and let's uh, let's maximize everything we've got and then go on an expansion. You're going to be a busy man, Scott. Oh, I, I think the thing is this is that, you know, I mentioned before, everything that we've done has been about keeping people safe and well and the benefit with this is it also helps people get to their true potential because often in the roles that we have is we're set on agenda set or process set or here's our SOPs for dealing with this. And so we become less other people centric and it's in watching the behavior, those deviations from baseline with others. We can see the people that are coming to our areas with bad intent, whether it's theft, anti-social crime, terrorism, look, all, all of those. The beauty of this is I'm a true believer from a security point of view that deterrence is a state, is a state of mind, is we want to build that security sphere of influence around our sites. And we do that by the combination of hardware, software, and wetware, like the physical elements, the layout, the visibility, the electronic security countermeasures. That's our hardware, our software, our procedures and structure, but the wetware, our people, where that ties in. We need to have that training and that cultural alignment for this all to work more effectively. And that's where we get the best solution. And that's where I think has been part of the missing piece. Some of these true... I'm not going to say soft skills, but necessary skills for true awareness like of, of other people, I think, is, is where this ties in. Yeah, fascinating. So, look, more exciting news. You're going to be with us uh, at Retail Risk Melbourne on the 3rd of August. We're back at the MCG, one of my favourite venues we go to around the world. Um, yep. So, uh, other than making uh, some of our guests nervous if they've got bad intent when they arrive on the day, <laughs> what, what can we expect from you? What are you going to be doing for us? Yeah, so I'll be running through uh, picking up some of the, the body language of people with bad intent. So giving some practical examples, it's always good to point these things out because then uh, when you've got some of those round tables and we're pointing out some of the gestures and posture elements, people walk away with some takeaways, but that enhanced awareness straight away where they're lucky of being able to connect. So it's going to be, I'm in another wonderful event. You've got some fantastic, like, you know, group of people there, they're going to be presenting as well. And I believe Jasper's even doing a video presentation, which is going to be great. Yeah, and it's um so so uh, can I literally sit down with you and and are you gonna point out some traits, give a few pointers that that people can can take away? Are we literally gonna get that granular and in the detail? Yeah, definitely. And the, the other thing, so with the last one, like in Sydney as well, I had a similar thing after the round table where some people said, "Can you give us some insight as to what that looks like?" So we literally turned around and we were watching groups connect, and I was pointing out 
where you can see this person's got their lead foot and their belly pointing towards this person here, validating them as being the social strongest person in because there's some other parts like belly away, I don't want you to stay. So the interactions are live and people, when they're communicating, there's just so much beautiful information that we miss. So I'll be sharing as much as I can in the round table, plus whoever comes up to say g'day while I'm there. I'm, I'm, I'm sensing I might need to follow you around. Maybe we'll uh, blur out a few faces, but uh, it's got to be a fascinating uh, on-site video to be done uh, uh, with, with a few observations. Maybe we can follow up and see uh, who got the contract further down the line. So, so look, you mentioned Jasper's there as well. I think, you know, speaker highlights, it, it's, is it uh, all roads lead to you or is there, uh, there, there anything else on there that, that's, that's caught your eye? Oh, I mean, there's, there's a great bunch of people. I, I think there's um, the presentation as well from South Australian Police about the operation uh, that they did. I'm really looking forward uh, yeah, to that as well. Um, another one, I think, the psychological influence, um, like, you know, like on business life. So there's a couple of presentations in there that I particularly be making sure that, I, you know, that I'll be spending some time listening to. We've always got a stellar lineup that comes through. I mean, that's why I'm so excited to be there as well. Yeah, the uh, uh, operation measure, the collaboration between a bunch of retailers and uh, South Australian police. I mean, we get to see these uh, collaborations around the world, and that probably is one of, if not the best, uh, or is right up there that I've come across. So, uh, yeah, uh, certainly uh, want to catch up, and uh, maybe we should share that far and wide as an example of what uh, what should happen around the world. So, yeah. look, Australian retail has been through a, a tough time of late. Uh, many retailers have around the world. <laughs> I guess it's you know, demand for your service. This trend, are you know, is it here to stay? Do you think have we got a blip in society where everything's gone a bit crazy, having been locked away for a couple of years with everybody's got cabin fever? You know, you're you're dealing with people with bad intent. Are you seeing a an, an upward trend, sadly, or you know, is it going to plateau and then and come back down again? What what's your take on it? I think it depends on the industry ability to be flexible and agile. I mean, we've talked about sustainability and, and the processes and, and framework in place. I think the key thing now is about that agility and, and implementation of innovation. So some of the new training elements, like what I'm doing and others as well, the palatability of that and getting that in and at the ground level is what's going to help stay ahead of the curve. I think because we've been slow to move in adapting new techniques, we've stayed you know, pretty standard and traditional. And whilst we might be looking at, you know, the next new camera and you know, new tags and, and other elements of technology, it's looking at things with a fresh set of eyes, I think, for breaking the paradigm. Um, that's where I think we're going to have that jump. So I think if we don't make some real jump or transition into some, some more innovative type techniques and tying that in, then if we don't do that, then sadly, yeah, I think we're going to be stuck in this sort of position for a while. Is, is uh, I mean, what I'm hearing there is, and I probably can't disagree with this, you know, pe people is the is the focal point now uh, of of training and influence because, as you say, technology can go to to a certain point. But you know, I went in a store recently uh, and had one of the most enthusiastic uh, greeters at the front I think I've ever seen. Uh, and she was talking. My boys are ten and eleven, chatting away, uh, and uh, and I thought to myself, you know that. That, that's a, a well-trained, smart, chatting away, asking, you know, and I just, you know, you felt like there was a, a level of, uh, it wasn't just a kind of nod or how you're doing. It was a full-on, um, 
and it felt like a barrier for those with bad intent uh, yeah. and a real, oh, okay, that was a nice experience on the way in. Um, and I, yeah, my perception is that if I was out to, uh, to, to steal from somebody, I wouldn't be doing it from that store. Um, and it's a mid to upper market fashion brand. So it's quite desirable, easy to move on. Um, I'd be going to the competitor down the road who uh, um, had got a more uh, or a less interested and enthusiastic individual uh, who sort of just get a, give a passing nod as, uh, as you got to the midpoint of the store. So, yeah, yeah you wonder if, uh, if retailers deploy this far and wide and that level of engagement, you know, what impact that might have. So I, I think, you know, you, you're calling it right. Yeah, I think, and sometimes it's even the little things. And what I mean by that, uh, thumbs show confidence. People, as they're approaching to with that greeter when they put their hands, if their hands and their thumbs are going in their pocket, that's a sign of discomfort. If they drop their chin, is another one. Tightening of their lips, turning the angle of their body slightly away, ventral denial. If our frontline greeters pick these things up, there's no reason people approaching our sites should show, show signs of discomfort and nervousness and tension in other parts. So if they get some base training for that, then before they come up and they've got that 100% zeroed in greeting, which I know it's going to sound corny, but I say easy, effortless and engaging. You can have a script for service, but if it's not effortless and engaging, it's not true. It, it doesn't have that true impact. The countermeasures, the physical structure, the lighting, but underpinned by that direct greeting for that split second, you have my undivided attention, is such a powerful deterrent underpinned by great customer service. I, you know, I truly think it's you know, the key path forward. Yeah, Scott, it's always an absolute uh, pleasure to catch up. I, I really can't wait to uh, to learn more from you in person in Melbourne uh, in a uh, in the very very near future. Uh, but for now, have a fabulous rest of day. Thank you very much for taking the time to join me, and I will see you uh, and your feet, and I shall be watching them closely in the very near future. But for now, Scott, thank you. Thanks very much, Paul. Can't wait to see you. Take care. Good. Thank you.